Wake up, kids. It's World War Three. Welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Michael, <laughs> and with me is the other host. The confounded Jeremy. Michael, what in the world are you talking about? That was my attempt at very early day Simpsons. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's Tracy Ullman era, but there's a clip of pre-regular voice Homer. Homer. Oh, and um, oh, I know when he 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 beats on the doors for like a fire drill or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he gets everybody up, and he's like, "If there had been a real fire, we'd all be dead." If it really World War Three, <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember that now. Yes, yeah, that early day Simpsons. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. It looked weird. It sounded weird. It, it um, really did. I like that they occasionally would. Uh, bring back like uh lester and eliza yes yeah yeah like they would tip their hat to those old yes i feel dirty (laughs) michael what do you got for me hit me with a beer brag well i'm going back a little bit for this beer brag but it's very apt because of the fdr we are having later Mm. so this is a little sneak peek i guess you could say for the fdr um, so this is going back to the Christmas brews I had, and uh, this one kind of stuck out. It is Wisconsin Brewing Company's Depth Charge. Interesting. I like the name. Mm-hmm. And this is a barrel-aged Scotch ale. And this is the kicker. I think you'll like this. Mm-hmm. So this is brewed by, it's an event, it's the Depth Charge event, and they have a big vat of wort outside, and they heat up these what they call white hot granite boulders and then dump them in the wort in front of this live audience and that's how they boil it and uh then <laughs> from there it, it, it <laughs> ferments like usual and it um then they put into bourbon barrels for aging but um, yeah, I was looking at some pictures of this. I haven't actually been to this event, I will say that, but I was looking at pictures and just this big huge forklift with a telescoping arm picks up this big cage mm-hmm. and i would say they're i'd call them rocks they're not quite i don't know i think a boulder is something that you climb on <laughs> or, or something you can roll down a hill and like kill a goat with or something along those lines. <laughs> right okay. yeah um and then yeah the telescoping arm goes up and drops it right into the wart <laughs> uh so that's why it's called death charge oh um, mm-hmm. ah, okay I did I read it. that this was actually a legitimate method for <laughs> boiling wort historically. Oh, okay. Like medieval days, you don't have a big metal brewing kiln. Mm-hmm. You probably have something with wood, and you can't exactly, you know, light a fire under a wooden barrel. Um, so you'd get something else hot and put it inside the barrel. Interesting. So, um, yeah. But as far as the beer, it was really good. Just looking at my tasting notes from back then. Um, tasting notes? Well, on Untapped. Okay. Just little comments, so I actually remember. Uh, no, no shade meant to be thrown there. I, w- I was just curious. I mean, I really should do that because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm bad at remembering these things. But tasty notes might be a little too generous because it's usually one or two sentences. It's not like the appearance, smell, haze, like all the different qualities, mm-hmm. taste, back end. Like no, it's just like a little note I jot down. Um. So it's, I put that it was light in comparison to the previous three beers I had that evening, which were like huge, heavy hitting, 
barrel-aged beers. And the ratings just kept going up. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, like, if you had it on its own, yeah, this would still be quite a heavy hitter and very flavorful. And actually, I recall at that time, this one being ref- a refreshing break from all those <laughs> thick barrel-aged ones. So it's a definitely a good brew. Nice. And it definitely has the scotch, you know, the toffee, the peatiness, although that could be the barrel-aged part, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good. Interesting brewing method for a interesting beer. True. I always like the weird nonsense like that. Yeah. It makes me happy. And the fact that they do that in front of a big crowd of people. Um, better. Exactly. So I might have to figure out if they're doing it again this year, and maybe I can do a live report from the sidelines. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> Stand in the splash zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They sell tarps like it's a Gallagher concert? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, what is your beer brag? So, oddly enough, Michael, I have a plethora to choose from. Oh, is this harkening back to your beer boast? No, no, no. Those are still kind of uh, hanging back out. Back burner? Well, the leftovers. Okay. Leftovers. The ones okay. hanging out are sort of there. Um, I went to Big Grove this past week, and they have their new England IPA, Easy Eddie, back on tap, which is... Oh, Yeah. Is good is 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 good, but I once again forgot to take tasting notes. <laughs> they also have a new porter, which is delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them I'm going to refrain from mentioning on air because I might try to get that for for the next swap coming up here in a, oh, a few days. Yes. But mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's it's got multi grain in the title, and I had a okay. ni- I had a nice conversation with the man at film scene. Who sold it to me about uh, whatever? I'll just I'll just tell you what it is. So it's, okay. it's called Farmer John's Multigrain Ale from Confluence, which I believe we have not had on the show yet. And, I, I don't think and so. And I'm yeah. going to make a point of having that in the new swap. But the lady of the show and I went to the Oscar-nominated animated shorts the other night, and they sell beer at Film Scene. And I was eyeballing what they had in the case. I didn't want to ask the guy if it was Decorah Sioux or if it was Old Sioux mm-hmm. in the case. So I was just like, ah, whatever. I'll get one. I'll uh, Give me a Farmer John's. And he asked me, he's like, have you had this one before? And I said, you know, I have, but it's been long enough that I don't remember and I'm always confused by what multigrain means, so I'm always tempted uh-huh. to get it. And now I'm going to get it. And he said, uh, oh, hey, me too. And so he had the exact same response. He's like, I have no clue how to describe it. And oh. It's it tastes like a beer, but mm. but off. You know okay. you know how like yeah. when you have like uh let's say like corn chips or something like that. Yeah. And then you swap over to the sun chips. Okay. And you can't yes. they they taste sort of similar and they have a similar texture and it's kind of there but it's totally different and you're like, hmm, I can't quite put my finger on what's different about this other than it tastes different. Right, right. Um some uncanniness. It is. It's kind of weird. So maybe I'll get that if it's still in season. I don't know if it is, but Toppling Goliath is my real beer brag, Michael, as, as okay. it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. <laughs> so they're back in the New York, well, the Decorah Groove, I suppose, and they're doing all of their bottling and canning in their new brewery slash tap room, which is ridiculous, okay. I'm told. Yes. yes. And I'd had the Decorah Sioux. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, whatever. I'll try the Decora Golden Nugget because I had mm-hmm. had one of the Decora Nugget cans. And my word, it is right back where you want it to. Well, well, 
where I want it to be. It is right okay. there, and it is spectacular. It reminds me exactly of how it was the first time I had it. Or at least it gave me that same... I don't know if it was nostalgia or it really is the same, but it gave me the same, oh, wow, this is exactly like I remember it. So 4.5 nice. 4. to that. They're, can- oh, okay. they're canning more stuff that's yet to be mm-hmm. in cans. Pompeii is now canned, and their Twitter account told me today that King Sue is heading for the canner in the spring, which is fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yes, it is. It was it was plentiful around Dark Lord Day time last year, so I expect it to be more plentiful. So, Toppling Goliath, you're on notice. <laughs> oh, very good, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Toppling Goliath, mm-hmm. lower cases. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Nice segue. Yeah. yeah. I like um, that. So, bruise news, and so this is going to be about a week old by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, but it's it's new to us. Yeah, so Stone Brewing Company, purveyors of fine IPAs and a favorite of the show, Shokovesa. Bizarre uh, Neapolitan porter. That was weird. Tasted like shrub. Oh, yeah, that's right. You mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, they are suing Miller Coors. Yeah, they are. Um, for I guess trademark infringement. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, the, this is the official case notes. Go on LexisNexis. Um, so they are suing them. Basically, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going that far. Okay, because <laughs> of the because of the Keystone name in a lot of the advertising and on the can, it isolates the word stone or you know has key small and then stone really big Keystone light. I don't. Is there other is there a regular Keystone? Uh, presumably, but I haven't but. seen it. But yeah, I'm looking at a picture of the can now, and when the stone is centered in the can, held sideways, yeah, uh, it you dominates. Can see, you can, it does dominate. You can see that there is the there are more letters to the top, but you can't see what they are. And mm-hmm. light is in a slightly off blue compared to the bright gray white. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. Stone Brewing Company, the California-based craft brewmaker with a brewery in Richmond, Virginia, has launched a legal attack on one of the largest U.S. brewing companies, accusing it of trademark infringement and unfair competition. Oh, unfair competition, yeah. So I have one out of two. Um, Yeah, and the interesting thing was the founder, co-founder of Stone, posted kind of a video, which he said wasn't a PR move, but it, it did come it off totally like was. a PR move. Whatever. Uh, I'm okay um, with it being a PR move, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was entertaining as heck. Um, he basically outlined the case, and he called out craft brewers that were bought up by you know Big Beer, like, and they flashed the names on the mm. screen. In a bizarre twist, he says, I could drink this... At- because he's holding a keystone. He's like, oh, I've never held a keystone before. It's like, okay, buddy. But he, um, he's holding it, and he's like, I could drink this and spit it out in slow motion and say it tastes awful, but that would be a little, I don't know, sensational or a little cliche or mm-hmm. something like that. Cut to him Doing drinking that. it and spitting it out. And he, so they just do the very thing that he said he wasn't going to do. It's kind of like, do you guys want to see me jump off the high dive? Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the The video was a little sensational. It was very entertaining, though. Um, it wasn't exactly a legal document, but yeah. So check that out. It's 
worth a watch. But I, I legitimately believe they do have a case. I've seen Miller Coors' counter-argument is that Keystone has been around since the late 80s, and Stone is like 1996, something like that. This article says they've been open for 22 years, so yes. Yeah. So that... Miller Coors is saying we've been using like stone in our advertising before stone, the craft brewing stone even existed. I can give you the exact quote if you like. Yeah. From Marty Maloney, which is a dumb name for a spokesman <laughs> for Miller Coors. Quote, since Keystone's debut in 1989, prior to the founding of Stone Brewing in 1996, our consumers have commonly used stone to refer to the Keystone brand, and we will let the facts speak for themselves in the legal process. End quote. I don't know about that. Yeah, but, mm. I mean, if they have, like, direct material that shows they use stone, mm-hmm. I, maybe they can get away with a win here, but um, I don't know if they don't have that. I think they're kind of in trouble because, I don't know, the packaging's pretty... It's pretty blatant, ridiculous, yeah. And some of their taglines just say, grab a stone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, they're probably both right when you get down to it. Like, stone or Keystone is almost certainly trying to... To rebrand so it doesn't look like dirty dishwater that they're selling to people. <laughs> oh, side note, I have a good story after this. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and Stone is almost certainly using this as a uh, publicity stunt. But you know right, what? Yeah. Keystone tastes like hot garbage, so. Right. And I know I wasn't very, you know, what, I was single digits back in the early 90s, late 80s, but... Mm-hmm. I only remember bitter beer face as far as Keystone advertising goes. Oh, I don't is that remember. Them? Did we find that out? Yeah, so that was last episode. Oh, man. Yeah, that was... So, yeah, so check that out. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Jeremy, what, uh, just for completeness, what news outlet were you reading? Uh, I was reading this from a local Richmond newspaper. That's uh, richmond.com. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Richmond Times Dispatch, Virginia's news leader, um, by John Reed Blackwell, posted yesterday. Yes, there we go. Okay, very good. Um, the side so note... What's your- yeah, what's your side note? So story? Uh, r- this is the first time. The, so we talk about Keystone, and just a couple days ago, I had seen this mentioned. But so, friend of the show, we'll call her Mrs. Oklahoma because she and her husband okay. live in Oklahoma. She recently put a not a poll, but just an open-ended Twitter question on there. It's like, what is the worst alcoholic, ta- worst tasting alcoholic thing you've ever made? Or had, and a lot of them was like Jägermeister and Gatorade, and you know, just just the garbage that you make when you're in college and you have no money, but you need to like mess up like 15 people or, or something <laughs> yes. like that. Yeah. And someone replied with uh, a recipe for the drink called Mop Water. Oh my God. And so this involves an entire 30 pack of Keystone Light. Okay. Uh, a handle of vodka. Oh, man. And two things of uh, lemonade concentrate. <sighs> yeah, so it's, so I mean, it's like a, like a, on, a like a redneck <laughs> shandy, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess you have the keystone in there for some fizziness. Uh-huh, well, I, I guess so. But it, it, it wasn't the worst one that was on there, but uh, uh, the closest thing I can get to is Maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. Michael, I'm sure you remember Paint Can. Yeah, I think I, at least once, I was at a Paint Can party. Yeah, uh, that was... What was that? That was... It was half... So, made in a clean paint can. Yes, ideally. 
stainless steel, whatever, you, you dump a half bottle of Everclear in it. The real stuff, not this nonsense that they're trying to sell to, you know, like make people not die. <laughs> there was a two liter of Mountain Dew, a can of lemonade concentrate, a can of limeade concentrate, Mm-hmm. And like a handful of mint leaves, and then fill with ice. I think I've got that right. It's a uh, special from Council of the Show in his more degenerate years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I associate it with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, now that like, if you made that a mixed drink outside of a pink can, it's not that bad. It like compared to the mop water. Is it? Well, the Mountain Dew, yeah, I guess it is kind of <laughs> nasty. But, yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as mop water, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, don't get me wrong, the mop water, I, I see, I know that the uh, the paint can just tastes like a giant mojito. Yes. So I can do that, but, like, I'm not a huge fan of shandies in the first place. Mm-hmm. Or at least the so-called real shandies. Fruity. Yeah. So, ugh, this just sounds horrible. Going back to Keystone, this mm. is a kind of anticlimactic memory but <laughs> i will say i i have had it in the past oh yeah unabashedly I'll oh say we it. all um, have michael we live yes. in iowa city but what i associate it with is one of somebody in our group of friends Shall had, nameless. <laughs> won a free keg of it at a bar and <laughs> oh, oh, oh that was me <laughs> did you do that well, i was thinking of somebody else well, well uh, do you want the story do you remember well, the story what's your story Mine is just that we had to empty the keg by 10 o'clock, and so we just got a bunch of pitchers, and at one point there was about 20 pitchers of Keystone sitting on the table, which I think maybe half got finished, and yeah, so. But what is your... Uh... They Back in the throes of Rock Band at its heyday, they had oh. a uh, <laughs> yeah, DC's okay. local establishment, which is uh, of ill repute. Someone fell through the urinal last time I was there. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a big chunk of the porcelain missing. Um, <laughs> it, it's gnarly. Um, it stinks like pee. The only good part about it is it's dual leveled, and you can like look down at people below. Anywho, uh, we had been playing Rock Band quite a bit, and I believe at one point we the, were like the video game. The video yes. game. I believe we were like number. We were in the top ten for the song "Sex" type thing by Stone Temple Pilots. Temple, yeah. And we had gotten pretty good at it, and we saw one day while walking past that they were having a rock band competition. They were like, oh my god, we can do this in a bar? So, so we uh, we had uh, way too much you know, preparation into this, and it's almost embarrassing to say now. But we had mm-hmm. an A team, we had a B team, so that we would double our chances of uh, winning the free keg, and uh, no one else showed up. So <laughs> not only did we not... <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't play rock band in front of a group of drunken people with you know glass in their hands. But we <laughs> yes. and but we also got a, a free uh, keg of beer. Okay, yeah, that was. But you would probably get a decent keg at that place, right? It wasn't good, but it wasn't Keystone. I believe it was something like Amberbach. Okay, so, okay. So take that as you will. Anyways, onward, upward, Michael. What do you got for me? I have one more thing for you, Jeremy, before we get into the FDR. Mm. A quiz. And get this. Okay. It is about beer. My God. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we did a quiz about beer, Indeed but... Indeed um, it has been. Uh, your 
beer brag from last week inspired me. And actually, I was looking up the spelling of this word and came across an interesting article. So, What was um, my beer brag last week? This quiz is about Britannomyces. Ah, yes. It's a multiple choice quiz, just about five questions here. And it all stems from the article on vinepair.com. What is Britannomyces and what is it doing in my beer? It's a stinky, stinky. Yes. Bacteria? I thought it would be good to take a step back. I think, you know, we're familiar with it and we know about it, but this article had some interesting facts. So here we go. Hit me. What does the name Britannomyces translate to? Uh, Oh, boy. Is it A, Brett's yeast? Brett being, potentially being, a man's last name, Mm -hmm. like a scientist. Is it B, British fungus? Is it C, red mold? Is it D, bread must? You're better at making these things than I am. Um, B, the British one. British fungus? Jeremy, you are correct. Good. Um, Because this was discovered while looking into spoilage of English ales. Uh So they called it British fungus. Gotcha. Maybe that's why it smells weird. (laughs) Here's one that you can excel at. Uh Where in biologic taxonomy does Britannomyces fall into? Is it order, family, genus, species? Where does Britannomyces go? Yes. It's the second to last one. Which would be... Uh, You're right. A genus, yeah. That is correct, yes. Oh, man, that could have been real embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) So, genus and species, so... Molds, yeast, and bacteria. I know those first two are pretty much the same thing. Well, actually, all living things get two names: um, genus and species. Well, so, Britannomyces more than that, Michael. Well, okay. yes, <laughs> commonly referred to like Staphylococcus aureus, part of MRSA, Escherichia coli. There you go, our old friend E. coli. Is that is the name of it, isn't it? I think so. Yes. All right. So, this, like, an example, Britannomyces brexinalis. Well, let me take a stab at that second one again. Brexinalis? Brexinalis, yes. Britannomyces brexinalis. Well, there's two. Brexinalises? I don't know. So each of these species and even substrains within those species could give a different flavor. So, like, the aforementioned brexinalis, I think that's it, uh, mm-hmm. noted in the article to taste like a horse blanket. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, does this mean it tastes like a horse blanket smells or it tastes like a horse blanket? Because like I've probably like a horse blanket smells. Okay. Assume because I I know what a horse blanket smells like. (laughs) I was thinking you're going to say taste like. Well, I mean, you know. Yes. But Uh, next question. Where does Britannomyces naturally grow? Is it a fruit skins? B dirt? C horses d grain husk i'm gonna go with husks that's probably wrong yeah that is wrong jeremy it is actually a fruit skins really and so historically it was thought that maybe fermentation happened because breweries proximity to orchards or Mm -hmm. various agriculture might have given up the drifted in the barn door yep Mm mm-hmm uh, next question. Britannomyces produces a vast array of flavors varying from strain to strain, including funkiness, spice, fruitiness, and tartness. 
In particular, this tartness comes from a particular chemical compound that it produces. What is this compound? Is it A, formic acid, B, abscorbic acid, C, citric acid, or D, acetic acid? It's not acetic. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it's not acetic acid, because that's vinegar. Formic sounds like it'd be really bad for you. Uh, what were you the middle two? Give me the middle two again. Ascorbic and citric. I'm going to go ascorbic acid is vitamin C. Oh, let's go citric. It is actually D, acetic acid, ah! which I believe it gets from further oxidizing ethanol. That would make sense. Into it? the uh, acid form. Hmm. That's my assumption. I didn't, I didn't, that wasn't in the article, so don't quote me on that. Gotcha. And finally, which of the following styles does not traditionally use Britannomyces for fermentation? Is it A, Lambic, B, Saison, C, Double, or D, Flemish Red? I'm going to go with the non-sour one in there and go with the Double. <laughs> That's a good choice, Jeremy, yes. So, yeah, Lambic, Saisons, Flemish Reds, uh, what else? They had the G-U-E-Z-E, -E, Goozy. Or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That one uses it too. Uh, gozas as well, I believe. So anything that has a hint of sourness to it, tartness to mm -hmm. it, potentially has bread in there. Definitely if it has funkiness to it, it's probably bread. So, yes. And that's, yes, that was the Britannomyces quiz. Hooray! Imagine that. Did I a pass? A beer quiz on a beer podcast. I know, right? It's the craziest thing, Michael. <laughs> But yeah, should we move on to the FDR, Jeremy? We have, Michael. I've been, uh, by the way, the, the FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. And mm -hmm. I've been angling to get this brewery on here for a while. I first came across it on my trip overseas in its native country. Yes. But yeah, do you want to tell them what it is? Yeah, today we have all the way from Scotland. That was... A random accent. Get in uh, my belly. From Bellhaven Brewery, we have there is that ninety pound, ninety shilling, wee heavy. Oh, is that kilogram? That's a shilling, Michael. Oh, take two. <laughs> ninety shilling, wee heavy. I thought it was pound because um, there's a little anvil here and it has ninety on it. Well, it's it's a little weight, but whether or not I, th oh god, I feel like it's a shilling. Because 90 pounds would be like a hundred and uh, a lot dollars. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was referring to a weight, but I don't know. I think it was, uh, I think it's 90 shilling, as in it would have cost 90 shillings. That makes yeah, sense, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shilling, Michael. I win. One to nothing. One to nothing. Next song. Um, but yeah, I what I'm looking at now is uh, I had Bellhaven Best, which is their best-selling ale. Yes, that's what I saw too. It's an English bitter. So, you know, comes in at a Utah ready 3.2%. <laughs> um, well, those, nice, things are, easy. those things are pretty nice. Um, UK drinking, yeah. It was advertised in Glasgow the way that we would expect to see like Miller Lite in, say, 93. Okay. Or at least that's what the way it seemed to me. Maybe it's because I was like wildly jet lagged when I got over there, but, <laughs> but who knows? Um, yeah. But Bellhaven itself has been around since 1719. It's an old one. Yes, it is. Do you know where it's at? Um, I saw it on the map, and now that map is closed. I saw it the is, same thing. 
like Dunbar, Dunball, Dunbit, Dun something. Dunbar, England, near Dunbar. Dunbar. I was uh, which is in East Lothian. <laughs> Sweet. It's kind of to in the south part, southern third of Scotland, I guess. You I could believe say. it's about a half hour outside of Edinburgh. Yes, yeah, I noticed it was fairly close to Edinburgh too. Mm-hmm. I do have some text from their website. Excellent. Um, so they're wee heavy. Uh, they have bullet points here, so here we oh, go. go. A rich, it. strong beer showcasing our finest Scottish malted barley. Roasted malt sweetness balanced by spicy fruitiness. Complex, full body, sweet, rich, and strong, like Christmas cake in a glass. I like that. Um, so it's a wee heavy Scotch ale. And I was looking into Scotch ales, too, just like, again, to take a step back. So obviously... It comes from beers that were made in Scotland, and that style became popular in the U.S. So when you see a, this is from Scotland, but if you see a U.S. Scotch ale, it usually just refers to a beer made in, I can't remember the exact beer, but it was a beer from Scotland that was popular here, and it's made in that style, which tends to have heavy... Peatedness. Yes. It can be peaty, because you can smoke the, what's the word? Smoke the grains over... Yeah, the malt over uh, peat, and that will give it that peaty flavor. Um, but that's not necessarily going to be 100% across the board. And then, so a wee heavy versus Scottish ale, this, again, there's no like official definition, but wee heavies tend to be a higher ABV. Yeah, so this one, ABV of 7.4%, IBU of 26, malts are pale and black, hops are Challenger and Goldings. And I believe Challenger is a, it might be an American Northwest hop and Golding's traditionally a English hop variety. Interesting. This is a, also a personal favorite of uh, George Howell, master brewer at Bellhaven. Did you read the back of the table, uh, back of the, the bottle, Michael? Oh, no. Why don't you give us the uh, flavor text from the bottle? So chair? it's similar, which is why I was thrown off. Ah. Bellhaven Wee Heavy is a classic Scotch ale showcasing the wonderful malted barley native to East Lothian. A rich, dense, complex beer with notes of dried fruit and candied peel. It's like Christmas cake in a glass. Dash. There you go. A personal favorite. There's even some flavor text up here on the yeah. upper label. The neck. Well, let's, let's throw that in there for fun. Bellhaven, or the beautiful harbor, nestles along the rolling barley fields of Scotland's beautiful east coast. For nearly 300 years, we have brewed in this place using only the finest ingredients, Continuing that long-lasting tradition, this range of specialty beers, each has its own unique taste and style, and together they represent the very best of Scottish brewing. So, excellent. Um, if that's not enough flavor text for you, I don't know what is. Well, you can go get your own flavor text then. <laughs> uh, Michael, let's crack it open. Yes, let's do that. While we're doing this, does it strike you as weird that this is a Scottish beer that clocks in at 7.4? Yes, I did make note of that that it uh it's a strong brew <laughs> well i which is unusual for the isles over it, there it is that i mean short of brew dogs they of the uh let's see how do i put this nicely the uh the blank swinging contest between them and an edinburgh brewery trying to get the world's highest abv beer that we mentioned a million oh, moons ago bite or yes i don't even remember snake venom outside of that brewery Brew Dogs, which is basically an American craft beer pub in Scotland. Everything like five percent was considered a strong beer. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm smelling it. The head has dissipated quickly. Yeah, same here. That's sm- like, that smells heavy. I'll give it that. Has a, like a coppery smell, but I think that's kind of a sweetness, sweet carameliness, maybe? Potentially. Um, I'm going to go in. You keep flailing. Flailing? Grasping at straws about what's going on. Um, it's. I'll tell, talk about the color real quick. It's a nice, rich brown color, just a hair above like a copper color. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look filtered, not too much effervescence going on. Mahogany type color. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I stole that from the uh, website. That's, but it's very No, apt. you didn't. <laughs> just cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you got on the taste profile, Jeremy? What are you thinking? You, I want you to go in, and as you're doing so, all I'm going to say is you may not be too far off in your initial assessment. Ooh. Yeah. I got to go in again. Uh-huh. Here it's, it's a little more complex than I expected it to be. Is yours uh, metallic or coppery? A little bit. Like I don't um, think this is an, an old expired beer like no, the, uh, the Samurai, no. but I'm also not seeing any... <laughs> best buy sort of things on here mm-hmm. it has like a again yeah that copperiness but it's also it kind of blends into the like the sweetness profile mm-hmm. um i'm avoiding saying toffee because that's like uh right there in the description of a scotch ale but i mean it's very it's, much there I mean, it's it's apt yes it, the first thing that struck me on the front of the tongue was the abv it's not so much of a burning but it's you know, it's there, and then it kind of it's mellows out with this. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's a warmth. It mellows out into this maltiness that kind of sticks around to the end. And then, yeah, you get that. Actually, as I'm talking right now, I'm getting, like, that copperiness, kind of those notes of, they must be some sort of, like, toffee notes, mm-hmm. but to, it's, I don't know, like a sugar-coated penny or something. <laughs> well, now that I, I think about it, I do remember this does take me back to that, scummy scummy bar that was directly across the street from my hotel when I was in Glasgow mm-hmm. and I do remember most of the the Scottish beers anyways having a uh, a similar taste to them the English beers and I do not want to start a uh, blood of Bannockburn situation going on here where oh, no. the uh, the Scots defeated Robert the Bruce in England uh, at least I think oh. I got that right all of the all of Sabaton's songs, Michael, to go off on a side note, are all about military battles or how awesome metal is. And uh, the Battle of Bannockburn was a famous Scottish fight wherein one of those last stands sort of, they really shouldn't win, but they did sort of win, sort of mm-hmm. thing, uh, describes the Scottish siege of English-occupied Stirling Castle in 1314. So, yeah, there we go. Oh, going um, back. But... <laughs> to get back where I started from, the the English beers seem to be a little bit more rounded, mellow, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, warmer, flatter. But that that said, I do not remember uh, anything this strong at all or roasting. And I wonder if this is um kind of played up for an American audience too. That's my guess. Um, this one might not be super popular over there, but well, it does. you never know. It does fit the American audience pretty well at 7.4, and mm-hmm. a Scottish ale from Scotland has some novelty to it, believe it or not. <laughs> Imagine that. It's true. What are, what else are you getting from this one, Michael? I'm going in again. Well, I'm just... That copperiness, like, it's not detrimental. 
Like, it is a little weird, but I've had beers that have that metallic taste yeah. to them that completely does a disservice to it. This one kind of works in harmony. It's a little strange, but it's not bad, per se. It's not like a uh, like a skunked uh, Keystone Light. <laughs> or something that's been sitting in a keg for, like, a year and a half. I remember, I don't, I wish I could remember the brewery, but I got, this was back in college, I got, like, this six-pack variety pack from maybe Point or something, and I got it because it was so cheap. It was, like, four bucks or something like that. And it, I couldn't drink it because it had this, it was, like, drinking aluminum or something like that. Chewing on tinfoil? Yeah, so this is not anything like that. definitely not. When I think metallic, I think back to that beer that I couldn't even finish. Um so bizarre Mm -hmm. but this is it's different too i like that it is um what are some other scotches ales we heavies you've had that you've enjoyed in the past if you can think of any Mm. founders makes a good one okay isn't that dirty bastard oh yeah so we have yes and we had that on the show is that that's a scotch right i believe that's a scotch yes because it has a scottish the the, the tartan on it yes yeah so that might be the last one we had on this show. I also learned that you don't screw around with tartan when you're in uh, Scotland. Isn't it like family? Yes. <laughs> Very specific? I uh, I made sure to, uh, well, a lot of places that were like, we sell tartan. Uh, we're like, hey, man, now we will sell you tartan, but... Don't wear it. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, be forewarned that... Uh, there may be some hooligans that do not take kindly to this. <laughs> and I do not doubt that at all. Like, when I first got to Scotland, I thought that I was hallucinating from sleep deprivation. But uh, a couple of 19-year-olds walked into this the brew dogs where I was getting dinner, and mm-hmm. one of the left side of one of them's face was had been hammered flat so hard that uh, it looked like a, like a strawberry. Like, he oh clearly had his face bashed in by, in a street fight bar fight at some point and I was just like oh and he's just you know going out to get a beer maybe a cheeseburger maybe some of those haggis balls that they sold that were pretty good some Scottish soccer hooligans I also learned that there are two Scottish soccer teams they might be Glaswegian but I'm not sure uh, one of them is Protestant one of them is Catholic oh there you go so needless to say uh, pick pick wisely I do like um the mouthfeel on this beer, too, is pretty thick. Mm-hmm. It is thick. The sweetness is a little on the heavy-handed side. Yeah. Should we get into ratings, Jeremy? Sure. Do you want to go first? I'm still I'm kinda, crystallizing what I'm going to say. but Me, too. Um, I like the mouthfeel. I like the the uh, the nostalgia trip that it's giving me. Mm-hmm. That coppery taste rem- remains the uh, sticky wicket in the thing here, as, as they <laughs> yes. would say over there. I don't think this is the strongest offering we could have gotten from Bellhaven, but it is an interesting uh, an interesting experiment that I suspect was done to move in on American markets. Right, and I did notice on their website as far as like availability of this beer, mm-hmm. let me double check this, but yeah, you can get it in the classic European uh, 330 milliliters. Which is what we have. Mm-hmm. Or it's available in keg, and then after that, in parentheses, it says USA. Mm. The the sweetness is really kind of wearing on me. Um, it needs a little bit more of the heaviness, I think. Not necessarily in malt, but in just the uh, 
like the smoke or the peat or the roast or it needs more bitterness is what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to I want to give it a three. It's it's fine. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would reach for it, but I'm glad we had it. Yeah, I'm kind of in that department too. I'm I was kind of going like instead of going between like two ratings that are close to each other, I was more like going between like okay, I I like this, I like some aspects of this a lot, and other aspects I don't like that much. Mm-hmm. I I'm really glad we had a real foreign beer on the show, which is an unfortunate rarity, but a rarity of kind of necessity yeah. as far as yeah. what we typically rate on the show. Keep your eyes peeled. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in for a sip of judgment. S-O-J. S-O-J. It's kind of, it's kind of like the like the uh, the parts, the sum of the parts is how do you say that? The, the whole is less than the sum of the parts. The sum of the, yes, yeah, exactly. And so... I'll give it a three point three point two five. That's so close. The more the more I'm having it, the less I like it. I yeah. mean, initially I yeah. really liked it a lot, and the sweetness is kind of grinding on me. It just sits there on your tongue. Right. Yeah. I don't like that aspect yeah, that much. So I think it's yeah, like you said, I wouldn't reach for it, but I think if you're out and about and you can get a bottle or a pint of this, I think it's worth it's a try. Probably better on tap. Yeah, for the maybe maybe that's partially a novelty factor mm-hmm. to have a beer from Scotland that is a Scot ale, mm-hmm. Scottish ale, Scotch ale. <laughs> yeah, it does say Scottish ale on the thing. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, for um, what it's worth, Michael, the beer advocate rating is four point oh six out of five. Oh well, there you go. So this is higher than we gave it with uh, its histogram bell curve pe- having a wildly steep peak. At uh, four stars out of five. Interesting. I agree. I would say, thinking back to the depth charge, I like that more, but that was barrel-aged as well. Mm -hmm. Did we have Claymore by Great Divide on this show? I don't think so. Okay. It's good stuff. Uh, But I'm I'm looking at Beer Advocates. Similar beers. And there's Mm -hmm. another one. Dirty Bastard is, in fact, a uh, Scotch ale. There's another one that I believe is Scottish that I may have to look at. Yeah, Skull Splitter, which I got because of the name. <laughs> Who makes that? Orkney Brewing. Okay. Orkney Brewery, pardon me. Maybe I'll have to grab that. I have seen that at the local uh, beer shop. Oh, so the DB from Founders. I'm not going to say I swear. The Dirty B. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that was with you, Jeremy. That was episode 71. That got, from Mike and I, a 4.13 average, so I gave it a 4. So that one, apparently, more to my taste, all other things being equal. But Michael, how about you uh, hit us with those social media plugs? You can find us in a variety of places. You can find us on Twitter, at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod. You can email us directly, APMPod, at gmail.com. We're also on Untapped. We're host emeritus of the show. Keeper of the Untapped, Tom Bombadil of the podcast, Mike, updates all of our ratings, so you can kind of check those out, mm-hmm. see what we thought, and add your comments there, too. Why not? You can also subscribe to the show on, and I, I have to start saying this, Apple Podcasts oh, is yeah. the thing to say now. It's not iTunes. <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts. I don't know what they call it. Stitcher. <laughs> Any app that you have, go ahead, subscribe, 
if you can leave a review or a rating, that'd be awesome. We'd appreciate that. We would indeed. And why not? We'll just uh, throw the YouTube page on the fire too. Um, <laughs> our YouTube.com APM pod is the username there where there's little clips of some of the segments that we do on here. So check that out. Yeah, do that. What he said. Do it. Yeah. But uh, in any case, this is another one down the gullet. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And you've been listening to American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.